0: Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into The Alchemy of Us by Inissa Ramirez, a captivating exploration of the intersection between humanity and technology. This illuminating work uncovers the transformative impact of inventions that have shaped our daily lives and the very fabric of society. From the relentless ticking of clocks that redefined our perception of time to the molten threads of glass, that connect us across continents, Ramirez reveals how materials and their ensuing technologies have molded the human experience. As a distinguished materials scientist and an acclaimed science communicator, Ramirez draws from her expertise to weave a narrative that is as educational as it is fascinating. Her writing credits span esteemed publications such as Time, Scientific American, The American Scientist, and Forbes and she is a familiar presence on PBS's SciTech Now. Her insightful commentary demonstrates how the manipulation of matter has in turn manipulated us, our thoughts, our bodies, and our interactions with the world. The alchemy of us is a must listen for anyone intrigued by the scientific breakthroughs that have charted the course of civilization. Whether you're a technology enthusiast, eager to understand the roots of modern computation, a history aficionado, interested in the ingenuity behind our greatest inventions, or simply curious about the ways technology has reconditioned our lives, this book will provide a profound understanding of how deeply intertwined we are with the innovations we often take for granted. Join us as we uncover the alchemical magic that occurs when human creativity meets the elements of the earth, fundamentally altering both in the process. the alchemy of us, how humans and matter transformed one another. Introduction, discover how our inventions shape human culture and identity. Think about it for a moment. From the flame of the first fire to the first chime of a bell, humanity's inventions have forged not just tools for survival, but frameworks for entire cultures. But while we like to believe we're the masters of our creations, Often it's technology that shapes our behaviors, our societies, and even our thoughts. From sundials to smartwatches, from the horse-drawn carriage to the Hyperloop, the way we interact with our inventions has a subtle yet profound impact on who we are. As we've progressed, the very fabric of society has been woven with threads of technological advancement. But at what cost? and with what unforeseen consequences. This exploration isn't just about how we made the world more efficient or convenient. It's a deep dive into how our creations have, in turn, recreated us. Whether it's the reshaping of time management or the alteration of artistic expression, each leap forward has been a step toward becoming something different, something new. In this engaging journey through the lens of innovation, you're about to uncover the way railroad lines and accurate timekeeping carved a path for industrial powerhouse America, the transformative effects of the telegraph on the very structure of American literature, and the complex societal interactions involving the Polaroid camera and its unwanted role in South Africa's oppressive history. Sit back, plug in, and prepare to be enlightened as you hear the untold stories of our most familiar inventions, and discover how they've been quietly alchemizing human existence. Part 1. When precision time changed our lives and our livelihoods, meet Elizabeth Ruth Naomi Belleville, known to many as the Greenwich Time Lady, a unique purveyor of time itself. With a pocket watch named Arnold, a finely crafted relic bestowed upon her by royalty, Belleville embarked on a weekly pilgrimage to synchronize her watch directly with the standard of Greenwich Mean Time. Her clientele, who desired the utmost punctuality, would then sync their clocks to Arnold's unwavering tick. For nearly half a century, spanning from 1892 to the doorstep of World War II, she embodied the human interface for precise timekeeping. The key message here is, When precision timekeeping technology advanced, our obsession with time intensified. Arnold was a paragon of timekeeping for Belleville's era, but a revolution in accuracy was ticking on the horizon. In a Manhattan storefront in 1939, a new spectacle drew the gaze of New Yorkers, a quartz clock, flaunting unprecedented precision. Why quartz? Well, when you jolt quartz with electricity, it vibrates consistently perfect for slicing time into uniform seconds. This technique, devised in 1927 by Warren Marison, harnessed a quartz ring pulsating at 100,000 vibrations per second, setting a new gold standard for chronometry. The ripples of this innovation were far-reaching, cementing and even exacerbating an ideology that dates back to the Puritans' arrival in 17th century America. Time is precious, never to be squandered. Benjamin Franklin crystallized this sentiment with the famously industrious adage, time is money. As the United States marched into the industrial age, the regimented pace of the factory assembly line ticked into the very heartbeat of everyday life. Clocks no longer simply measured hours. They dictated when people woke, ate, and slept. The very pulse of a productivity-driven society. Yet there's a flip side to this mechanical mantra. While productivity may have soared, critics argue that by submitting to such a rhythm, we've sowed the seeds of today's rampant sleep disorders. The tick-tock of progress may have brought us efficiency, but at what price to our natural cycles and serenity? Part 2. How Railroads and Steel Reshaped the American Landscape and Lifestyle Imagine a world where a slab of carbon and iron is transformed into a powerful force of industry. That's the alchemical wonder of steel. This remarkable substance is indeed a layered marvel, boasting the enviable combination of strength and malleability. But it wasn't until an ingenious Brit named Henry Bessemer had a lightbulb moment that the true potential of steel unfurled. The key message here is... The rise of steel railroads launched a transformative era in American culture and commerce. Bessemer's brilliance lay in aerating molten pig iron to purge impurities and control carbon content, crafting a perfect recipe for steel. His method, conceived in 1855 amid a fiery experiment, simplified the laborious creation process. This innovation propelled steel into mass production just in time for the American Civil War setting the stage for an interconnected nation. Contrast this with the frailty of iron railroads, which crumbled after a mere two years. Steel tracks, in comparison, held their ground for almost two decades. Think of the magnitude. In 1840, America had just 3,326 miles of iron trails. Fast forward to 1900, and there were enough steel railways to circle the globe tenfold. This explosion of steel infrastructure shrank perceived distances, an effect geographers call time-space compression. Suddenly, the expanse of America was conquerable, and this didn't just change how people traveled. It changed how they lived. Cities swelled, economies flourished, and the gears of prosperity churned faster than ever, and then came the unexpected cultural ripple, the transformation of Christmas. Before the steel rails wove their way across the states, Christmas was but a whisper of a holiday. Once the railroads enabled the mass movement of goods, everything changed. The season became synonymous with giving, not out of mere tradition, but as a powerful catalyst for economic growth. Shopping evolved from necessity to national hobby, All thanks to the steady, unyielding tracks of steel. So every time we swipe a credit card for a holiday gift, we're echoing the legacy of a steel revolution that birthed contemporary commerce as we know it. Part 3 How the Telegraph Revolutionized Communication and Molded the English Language. It was the bitterly cold winter of 1825 when Samuel F. B. Morse was struck by tragedy. His wife, Lucretia, passed away while he was miles away in Washington, D.C. Her death arrived as a belated whisper, days delayed, etching a deep void that Morse vowed to fill with swifter communication. His quest seemed like chasing the wind until he overheard a conversation about electricity's swift currents. Eureka! Why not harness electricity to transmit messages? Morse's determination soon birthed a contraption from the odds and ends at his disposal. A frame here, a clock there, a pencil yonder. The result was a quirky-looking device that clicked and swayed, but did exactly what it was intended to do. It was the electromagnetic telegraph, sending messages through a series of dots and dashes. The key message here is, telegraph wires revolutionized how we shared news, bonded communities, and even sculpted our language. The telegraph was simple, yet elegant. A pencil scribbled Morse's code onto paper, each indentation a cryptic ballet of short and long pulses, dots and dashes representing numbers, which in turn signified words. A co-conspirator in innovation, Alfred Vail, helped Morse refine this invention into a presidential showcase, achieving the awe-inspiring speed of 10 words per minute. But with great speed came great influence. As the first long-distance telegraph hummed to life in 1844, it began shaping the very news it transmitted. Journalists queued to feed their briefs to the wire, limited by time and bandwidth. The resulting copy? Short, sharp, and devoid of fluff, a conciseness that would come to define American journalism. Ernest Hemingway, a writer whose roots wound through the newsroom floorboards was trained in this Spartan style by the Kansas City Star's stringent guidelines. Use short sentences, they instructed, and cut the useless words. Hemingway took this newsprint efficiency and turned it into literary gold, influencing generations of writers with his lean, muscular prose. But the Telegraph's influence didn't wane on the written page. It echoed through the American voice, differentiating it distinctly from the verbose and ornate British tongue. Americans came to embrace a friendly, no-frills manner of speaking, all thanks to a few wires and the electrified language they carried. Part 4. The Complex Relationship Between Photography, Societal Perceptions, and the Power of Protest Frederick Douglass, a fierce voice against slavery in the 19th century, saw a powerful ally in the daguerreotype the forerunner of photography. The fidelity of this visual medium was unparalleled, and Douglas, a black man yearning to defy bigoted stereotypes, leveraged its capacity to depict African Americans as they genuinely were. In a world distorted by prejudice, he became the most photographed individual, the silver sheen of his images countering a society tinted by discrimination. Yet, the advent of color film later revealed entrenched biases. Kodak, the film behemoth of the era, favored fairer skin tones, leaving darker complexions lost in shadow or misrepresented. Despite protests from African American parents who saw their children misrepresented in photographs, change came not in the name of fairness or equality, but commercial pressure from companies dealing in chocolates and furniture needing accurate color representation in their advertisements. The key message here is, photographic innovations did not just refine imagery. They cast light on deeply ingrained societal biases and values. The 1970s spotlighted another stark example. Among Polaroid's employees were two black individuals who discovered that their company's technology, the Polaroid ID2 system, played a part in sustaining South Africa's brutal apartheid regime. Instant photos produced by Polaroid were embedded in the passbooks that served as shackles of monitoring and control for millions of black citizens. Appalled by this, chemist Caroline Hunter and photographer Ken Williams sparked the Polaroid Revolutionary Workers' Movement, initiating an influential campaign against their employers' complicity. Polaroid initially denied responsibility, pointing fingers at third parties. However, Definitive change remained elusive after talks with executives. Undeterred, the PRWM turned to activism's broader stage, galvanizing support through media and relentless demonstrations, even as Hunter and Williams faced termination for their tenacity. Their crusade drew out for seven years, a relentless pursuit for justice that eventually compelled Polaroid to retract its business ties to South Africa's oppressive regime. Their struggle against the darkroom of prejudice wasn't in vain. Years later, Nelson Mandela himself would traverse the oceans to acknowledge the PRWM on American soil, recognizing their contribution to the liberation movement. Photography, in these instances, developed into more than a medium of art. It became an instrument for social reflection and a battlefield of conviction, capturing not just faces, but the very essence of human struggle and activism. Part 5, The light bulb's Legacy, Revolutionary Innovation, Tinged with Modern Concerns. Picture the scene. In the late 1800s, homes glowed with candles, streets hummed with gas lanterns, and then William Wallace struck a spark of genius. In his Connecticut abode, he dazzled Thomas Edison with a radiant arc light, its brilliance born from two carbon blocks surrendering to the dance of electricity. Despite Wallace's breakthrough, it was Edison who would strip the stars from the skies and adorn the night with a new constellation, electric light bulbs. His secret? A delicate filament of carbon, suspended in a glass chamber void of oxygen, glowing not with the blinding intensity of an arc light, but with a steady, controllable luminance. The key message here is, Carbon filaments brightened our lives in untold ways, yet scientists warn that our world is now bathed in excess light. Edison's light bulb was more than a source of illumination. It was the dawn of the modern era. But today, researchers like Thomas Ware and Richard Stevens illuminate a darker side of this legacy. Our bodies follow a delicate rhythm, oscillating between daily growth and nocturnal repair. Yet perpetual light perplexes our biology, delaying the vital repair cycle and stoking the engines of growth relentlessly, a factor that could potentially contribute to diseases like cancer. Even more intriguing is the case of blind women, who, shrouded in eternal night, appear less prey to breast cancer's stealthy approach. Could light, our prized ally against the dark, now be an inadvertent nemesis? The call to action lies not in foregoing electric illumination, but in mindful moderation. Stevens prescribes a simple mantra, dim evenings, bright mornings, mimicking the natural cadence of day and night. A candle's flicker in the small hours might be a wiser companion than the harshness of an LED. As we reassess our relationship with light, we may find that less is more. Human eyes, marvelously adaptive, find contentment in the glow of the moon, no less than the sun. And in embracing the night's grace, we might rediscover the art of repair, renewing ourselves in the soft shadows just as nature intended. Part 6. How Sound Recording Morphed from Music Preservation to Data Exchange. Once upon a time, the human voice floated away on the breeze, ephemeral and fleeting. That all changed when Thomas Edison strolled triumphantly into the offices of Scientific American, a phonograph in hand and promised eternity to speech. Edison's machine was a marvel of ingenuity. Taking cues from the telephone and the telegraph, his 1877 phonograph transformed spoken words into physical imprints on tinfoil. Although the recordings were so fragile they would wear out after just a few plays, Even so, it was a historic leap. Sounds, for the first time, could be etched into time. The key message here is, recording sound revolutionized the way we store music and eventually paved the way for data sharing on a scale we could never have imagined. Fast forward from Edison's tinfoil wraps, and we find ourselves in a world where music, and information at large, is stored in the binary bits and bytes of digital recordings. Translating sound into 0s and 1s wasn't just about preserving songs. It was the beginning of a radical shift in information exchange. The language of this digital transformation can be traced back to George Boole, who, in the mid-19th century, translated logical statements into a binary system of true or false values. Decades later, Claude Shannon bridged Boole's logic with electronic circuits, essentially teaching machines to think. Then came Jacob Hagopian from IBM, who skillfully manipulated magnetic particles to store data. The first mammoth IBM hard disk, affectionately dubbed Ramac, stored a modest 5 million bits, a mere drop in today's digital ocean. But Hagopian's technique sparked a data storage explosion, shrinking disks, swelling capacity, and ultimately birthing data centers we now know as the cloud. In this dynamic landscape, when we stream a song, we don't just receive melodies, we transmit personal data. Our tastes, locations and companions become bytes, travelling to media servers and then out to businesses and advertisers. We're now in a dance of exchange, where the very miniaturization of data that allows us to access the cloud also leaves traces of our lives in its vast expanse. So, as we plug in our earphones and drift away to the rhythms, we're also plugging into a network that listens back, gathering the symphony of our digital interactions. It's a legacy that began with vibrating diaphragms and tin foil, echoing with the ripples of Edison's dream. Part 7. From Artisanal Craft to Scientific Breakthroughs. The Evolution of Glass. Once upon a time, glassmaking was an enigmatic craft, something of an inherited mystery Rather than a precise science, recipes and techniques for glass were jealously guarded secrets handed down through generations. The result? Inconsistent and unpredictable glass that posed a challenge for the inquisitive minds of scientists who needed better materials for their optical tools. Enter Professor Ernst Abbe, a scientist frustrated with inferior telescope and microscope lenses who issued a clarion call through a published paper for improved glass. This drew the attention of Otto Schott, a chemist and glassmaker primed to tackle this challenge. Together, they forged a partnership that would catalyze an era of innovation in glassmaking. The key message here is, the advent of scientific glass not only enhanced electronic technologies, but also broadened the scope of our cosmic understanding at the helm of a fledgling specialized glass company, shot-crafted glass of unparalleled quality, etching the name Jena into the annals of scientific history. For years, German-made glass became indispensable, the lens through which the universe was studied and understood. In the United States, the Corning glass works of New York stirred the scientific pot, too. They crafted Nonex glass, robust enough to weather the rigors of railway life and Pyrex, which found its way into kitchens worldwide. While Jenna Glass held the spotlight, America readied itself backstage. Post-World War II, armed with an arsenal of confiscated German patents and imposing tariffs on German imports, the U.S. ushered in its own era of glass excellence. But what elevated glass from craft to instrument of discovery was its critical role in groundbreaking experiments, Like those of J.J. Thompson and Ebenezer Everett at Cambridge, their star performer, a glass globe housing cathode rays that, when prompted by battery spark, painted the early strokes of the X ray on its inner canvas. Glass's virtues, transparency, non conductivity, and the ability to sustain a vacuum, now underpinned the discovery of the electron, nudging humanity into an epoch of electronic advancement. Thus, Through the hands of dedicated scientists and the transformative power of scientific scrutiny, glass transcended its artisanal roots. It became the clear crystalline medium through which we not only viewed the world, but also opened portals to understanding its most fundamental forces. Part eight, the digital imprint, how technology reshapes our minds. Throughout history, Humanity's toolkit has continuously evolved, shaping us as much as we've shaped it. The mastery of fire by our ancestors. Homo erectus transformed diets and, ultimately, our biology, triggering the expansion of our brains. Fast forward to the 20th century, and we see the radio tuning our ears to the nuances of sound, while television sharpened our eyes to decode flickers of light. And now, computers and the World Wide Web have simultaneously expanded our cognitive horizons while tethering our focus to the flicker of notifications. The key message here is, our intimacy with computers and the internet is quite literally reprogramming our mental wiring. Today's scholars find themselves at a crossroads when contemplating the impact of digital life on the human psyche. Some, like neuroscientist David Eagleman, believe the boundless information at our fingertips fast tracks our intelligence critics like nicholas carr suggest that the internet with its relentless bombardment of data sabotages our neural pathways designed to traipse through the structured gardens of literature but one transformation is crystal clear the internet is revolutionizing our memory it's less about stocking our mental shelves and more about bookmarking the location of knowledge in the digital expanse From poetry to our loved ones' phone numbers, they're stored not in our minds but in the cloud or our devices. This overflowing digital buffet also stirs questions about creativity. Eagleman warns of the irony. While information sprawls as far as the pixels can render, our capacity for creative incubation seems strained. Our working memory, inundated with facts, leaves little room for ideas to germinate. Distractions lurk behind every click and swipe, trapping us in a feedback loop of interruption. As we stand at this frontier, balancing on the nexus of historical innovation, the question looms large. In this era of boundless information, when our depth of thought and creative spirit risks suffocation by ceaseless input, do we prioritize honing the human intellect, or do we surrender to the siren call of ever smarter machines? It's a conundrum that tugs at the core of our collective evolution, challenging us to find harmony between our neural networks and the sprawling silicate webs that gird the globe. Final summary In the unfolding saga of human ingenuity, it's clear that the dance between our creations and our evolution is an intricate one. The materials and mechanisms that sprout from our minds go on to mold our societies, cultures, and even the very wiring of our brains. Through the precise tick of a quartz clock, the unyielding track of steel railways, the beacon of electric light, or the expansive web of the internet, we craft a world ever more adept at meeting our needs. Yet, as these innovations race ahead, they also weave new patterns in the human experience. Our technologies don't just lie in silent service, they echo back, influencing our actions perceptions and thoughts as we master the elements carbon steel glass and abstract concepts like time and data we unleash forces that subtly yet surely redefine our collective human journey the key lesson here glows unmistakably our relationship with technology is reciprocal as much as we mold it to our desires it inevitably returns the favor shaping us in turn. It's a perpetual alchemy of human progress, where we are both the alchemists and the subject of our own grand experiment. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge.